So anyway, this morning what we're doing is we're starting off a four-part series. Uh, we're talking about life that's flourishing, life that's growing, right? We know that anything that's healthy grows, though, right? If you take a plant and you put it in your window and you water it and, uh, and it's growing, if the plant stops growing, what happens? It's dying, yeah. So we believe in flourishing, we believe in growing, we believe in growing in our health, growing in our relationships, growing spiritually, it's, it's all about growth. And so, uh, are you done mocking me? I was signing. Yeah, are you? Are you really? You might, you might, you might hearing impaired uh, help? I don't think so. So, uh, there we go. Perfect evidence. Uh, I have a confession to make. Uh, as we get started, I have a perf- uh, confession to make. I'm sure Wendy can attest to this, though I hope she doesn't. Uh, I, I have not always been great at relationshiping. It's not always been my strong point. I'm not even sure it is a strong point. Uh, but uh, I've not always been very good at relationshiping. Uh, if relationships were like houses, imagine uh, your relationship being like a house. And there's a front porch, sort of a foyer. There's a living room. There's a kitchen. There's a bedroom. Uh, in relationships, I was amazing at the front porch. That was first impressions. And the front porch, that was... <laughs> you don't have to agree too much. Yes. I, really, I was amazing... Yes, the Fred Ray. Okay. But here's the thing. After I got in the front door, everything fell apart. Right? The, the initial relationship, the, that initial impression, the front porch, they get in the door, and then it all, it's all falls apart from there. I'm kind of surprised that Wendy put up for, with me, like, as long as she did, that she, she put up with me after I got... That's right. Uh, I, I didn't... I, I, here's the thing is, I made, like, a lot of... Like, once there was a certain familiarity... Um, I would make a lot of kind of cutting jokes. I was one of those person, people that would make cutting jokes, but was also very touchy. What a horrible combination. <laughs> In other words, I could dish it out, but couldn't take it, right? Uh, I made a lot of cutting jokes. was very touchy. Um, I, I, I didn't do, like as Philippians 2 says, to treat others as better than yourselves. Still to this day... I struggle with that because I'll make a pan of brownies and I'll eat the ones out of the middle. Let's just leave them side and corner brownies to some inferior human beings. <laughs> I'm Did you just say those are the best? Really? Okay, I'm bringing them to your house. I'm going to eat out the middle brownies. I'm going to take the corners to your house. Those are the ones that sit like on the counter for five days after the rest have been eaten and then they get tossed out at our house. If it's a the corner. corner. Yeah. Somebody comes along and scrapes out everything. Leaving out the corner, you guys. Okay. All right. Um, I don't know. Maybe they're aliens or not human. I don't know. But, uh, but I didn't treat others. I treat others better than myself. Uh, but God has helped me grow. He's helped me grow in our relationship. And year after year, I think it gets a little better. Some years we take a step back. But then the next year we take two steps forward. So it's all right. <laughs> Tag. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Um, well, I know 
this is shocking, but I've not always been good at it either. <gasps> I know, right? Um, I know. No. Um, so in my younger years, I tended to have more um, unspoken and mostly unrealistic expectations on my friends, on him, on everyone. Um, I didn't speak them out loud. I just would, you know, seethe inwardly. <laughs> well, I can't believe they didn't think to do that for me. You know, whatever. Don't look at me like you haven't done it. You've all done it. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, also, I couldn't stand conflict. I still can't, but back in the day, uh, if conflict came, I would cut and run because I don't, we're not, I don't want to deal with that. I'm just going to get out, right? Because conflict is hard and dealing with it and working through it is hard. And um, I, I just, or I would do whatever it took because obviously we're still here and we've had conflict, but um, in the beginning, I would just do whatever it took to keep the peace. Even if that meant that um, there were things in my heart that needed to be dealt with, I just shoved that down because we need to keep the peace. We need to just have peace in our home. So that's, yeah. not, that's not healthy, in case you're wondering. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. I, I actually, uh, I knew it is, it's only easier in the moment, though. It's, a, it's like a, it's a faux peace. To avoid the conflict because it is easier in the moment but then you pay for it later on and usually the price that you pay for it later on is greater than the price that you pay for it in the moment but in the moment it is incredibly difficult i don't like conflict i don't like to i don't like to tell somebody hey i just want to let you know that really rubbed me the wrong way i don't like that i don't I, you know I, uh, i'm i'm high eye on the disc um, and uh, I just like everybody to be happy, and I, I like myself to be happy. And um, so, yeah, I get that, not wanting to deal with conflict. Uh, a lot, you know, maybe some of your relationships have been less than stellar. I know that most of you have had perfect relationships all through your entire life here. So I, I'm, this might be kind of irrelevant, but, you know, we're going to talk about it anyway. Uh, you know, maybe... Maybe your relationships, you know, they fail to meet your expectations, you know, uh, on a regular basis. You know, you have relationships and they fail to meet your expectations. And you have another relationship, they fail to meet your expectations. And, uh, and we're not just talking about, you know, man-woman relationships or romantic relationships. We're talking about just relationships in general. You know, your, your friendships, your relationships with uh, your, your co-workers, your relationship with your church, your relationship just... You know, and um, so we're talking about all sorts of relationships, not just the marriage relationship, but maybe they fail to meet your expectations. And that's actually kind of one that we see in church a lot. We see people go from church to church because they get into one church for a little while and they don't meet their expectations. The church doesn't meet their expectations. And part of it is that uh, we have very unrealistic expectations in the church because we believe the church should be perfect. And we talk about the church as if it's a, some sort of thing that it's not actually you. <laughs> when you say the church isn't meeting my expectations, and you're like, well, what about you? You are the church. And so we're talking about all sorts of relationships, okay? Um, and you know, sometimes you, we wonder if those relationships are worth con continuing. And, and so today, I, you know, this message I think is for all of us. We all have to deal with relationships. In, and one of the most beautiful descriptions I've ever heard of heaven is they say that heaven is a place where you will have perfect relationships with everyone, right? 
But until then, guess what? Your relationship is going to be less than perfect. It doesn't matter if you are Wendy and Lee or Kanye and Kim. They just ended, didn't they? Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. They had billions of dollars, you know. It is like, it just, it's over. So, uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If you are a human being, you have to deal with relationships. That's, that's just it. Even hermits have to deal with relationships. So, uh, so how do we flourish in our relationships? And that's what we're going to talk about today. But really quick, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you and we praise you. We thank you. Lord, I believe that uh, the reason why, God, that uh, you have created us in such a way that relationships are incredibly important is because they're going to be even more important in eternity, God. And so, Lord, I pray that you would help us to, um, to learn and grow and to do well at relationshiping. Uh, let your word transform us in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so we're going to look at a uh, scripture today that is not necessarily, you know, I, I don't think would be on the top ten list of scriptures when you go, I need a, I need a scripture for relationship advice. Like, you know, we all, you know, we all want to, you know, have a scripture that's sort of like, uh, you know, fits whatever we're talking about just perfectly and all these things. But here's the thing, this scripture fits perfectly. <laughs> but we just don't normally consider this scripture as one that we think fits with our relationships. And so it's the words of Jesus in Luke chapter 6, verses 37 through 38. It says, do not judge others. Do not judge others. When did you just got done talking about expectations? What are expectations and unmet expectations? They're judging other people, right? We're judging them. We're judging their intent. We're, we're judging them, saying that they don't care. We're judging them, saying that they don't like us, whatever. It says, do not judge others, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn others, or it will all come back against you. I love Jesus. is so gracious. He's got more grace right here, you know, than I got right here. And... Uh, he says, forgive others and you will be forgiven. Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. So if there's one thing that you remember in relationships this morning, please, re please remember this, and that's that relationships flourish in generosity, right? But they deteriorate in stinginess. Stinginess, close-fistedness, selfishness, those things deteriorate relationships. What? What? I was just thinking about how I hide food. <laughs> she does. And it has been a massive stingy. strain on our relationship. I have to or I won't get it. So any. like, true story, yesterday. Yesterday, she pulls out this little glass bowl. What, what she likes to do is she likes it for her treat. <laughs> she gets out this little glass bowl, like this big, and she takes a little cinnamon checks. We don't normally eat, we don't eat a ton of cereal at our house. We got this little box of cinnamon checks, and she pours a little cinnamon checks into the bowl. She just sits at her desk and she eats it dry, right? And so, like, I go over there by her, and I take out like three cinnamon checks out of her little bowl, and she gets so mad. She gets so I mad, to block and then she, she's like, "No!" She blocks. She does like a kung fu, like a kung fu move. No! And so, but I still manage to get like three checks, and so she takes out the box and pours more in there. So, uh, yes. Because if I don't, if I don't 
hide my food, I'm not going to get any. Come on, I live with three men. Right. This is just how it is. Yes, and you can't get more at the grocery store. But it's funny how when, when, we, when we first begin in our relationships, like when relationships are minty fresh, we're always thinking about the other person, right? We're always thinking about how we're going to surprise them. We leave notes. I remember when we first started dating, I'd leave notes on her car, like tape them to her window. Or I'd buy like a, you know, candy bar or something and I'd tape it to a window. Just something, you know, surprise. And we're always kind of thinking about the other person. We're, we're blessing them. We're encouraging them. We look at them. We tell them how awesome they are. What a, they, you say, you look nice today. You look nice today, right? Then, when we've been with them for a while, then we start to complain how our needs aren't being met. My needs aren't being met. Right? Like, I, I, just a few years ago, I had a friend of mine telling me how his needs weren't being met. And within six months, his marriage was over. You know, and so we go from, I just want to meet all your needs, I just want to bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you, to my needs aren't being met. And, uh, yes. Yeah, so, like, when we got to that place in our relationship, I found myself um, thinking about how, oh, he hasn't done anything romantic for me in a while. And I would, like, kind of dwell on that. I went to work, didn't I? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> this is not going to go well. <laughs> <laughs> Sucks. Forgive him. He makes me laugh. Um, um, see, I just totally lost my track. Okay, I would think he hasn't done anything romantic for me for a while, but then I would think to myself, "But have I? Have I done anything? Have I done anything to bless him? Have I done anything to go out of my way to, you know, to do something kind for him? Because if that's what I'm wanting from him, then maybe that's what I should be giving him, right?" But we fall into that familiarity trap where, <clears throat> you know, you guys have heard the saying, familiarity breeds contempt. You know, we just, we get used to the same person and we think that they, we have a list of, of shoulds, right? They should be doing that. They should do this for me and why isn't he doing this and he should be doing this. And even things yeah. may, maybe that he had never done before, I start thinking, well, he should do this. And of course, every relationship, whether it's a friendship or, or a marriage relationship or whatever, you go through seasons, right? And things change. Circumstances surrounding it changes. So when you first get married, you know, it's just the two of you. And then if you have kids, well, then everything changes, right? Or then maybe both of you start to work outside the home and things change and expectations change. So anyway, you fall into that familiarity trap where... Um, you just start to have contempt for one another rather than fostering intimacy that, that brings that joy, right? Mm -hmm. Churches are like that too. Remember how I mentioned before, like we, we start off new at a church and it's like, oh, this is so cool, I love this, I love the music, blah, blah, blah. But then we fall into, I can't believe nobody's checked on me. I can't believe nobody's checked on me in a while. Does anybody know? Have you let anybody know you need checking up on? They should know! 
they're not mind readers, you know. No, I, I can't think that about, like, I could be like, because we've had this conversation years ago, like, and we know each other better than, I mean, I know him better than I know, than anyone else knows him, right? And he knows me better than anyone else knows me. But if I'm upset or having a bad day, I can't just expect that he knows that, right? So, so there have been times we've had conversations where he's like, I don't know, said something like, can't you tell that I'm sad? Can't you tell? No, yeah. I didn't know. I'm sorry. No, I'm, you have to tell me. So, but we have those expectations of our church and of our spouse and of yeah. our friends sometimes without just, just say it. Just yeah. say you need someone. They should be able to tell, you know, is a, is a tough one. Like, some, I can't even, you know what, we've been married 28 years. There are times I can't tell. And, and some of, sometimes it's just me. Like, you know, I'm busy. I have other things to do than try to read your moods, right? And sometimes it could just be hunger. She's just hungry. <laughs> right? Or she could just be tired. Yeah, well, she gets she eats like get this, this much. much she gets this much, and, and I keep eating it, right? Yeah, it. All right. There yeah. are no brownies. Yes, <laughs> just little corners, just corners that we keep little sending off to the dogs. Corners. Yeah. <laughs> Forget about chips. <laughs> yeah. Plus, you know, when you have you know two guys living in your house that are eighteen and twenty-two. Now Hudson's cooking. I come home. There's no chicken in the freezer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Anyway, when we become familiar, this, fami this, uh, this familiarity, you know, we kind of go from, we have newness, and oh, it's, it's wonderful, and there's all this sheen, and then you have familiarity, we, we get comfortable with, pe with people. Uh, you know, when you have friends, right, and you've known each other for a couple of years, uh, and I don't know what the culture is like here, but back where I grew up, when you had a relative or a friend, and you went to their house, it was cool just to open their fridge. Like, I don't, I, I, I don't, I, don't I, I think people in this part of the country might be a little more guarded than that, but back in Wisconsin, it was like, hey, what do you got, you know, and, and your friends are like, hey, whatever you find, you know, and that was just sort of how we lived. Uh, there's a certain comfortableness, right? We check what's in the refrigerator. We, we fart in front of them, right? We fart in front of each other. Yeah. She did it first. Anyway, um, yes, it just, but it just opened up the floodgates. Um, <laughs> but, but when you, we become familiar with somebody, we behave and we treat them in a way that we would never treat somebody we just met, right? I mean, we, somebody that we just... In fact, when we just meet somebody and they display that sort of comfortableness around you, it sort of puts you off. It's like, uh, we don't really... I don't... Yeah, no, go on. And so it's in this comfortableness, this familiarity phase that... that it, we then all of a sudden, you know, become a little more quick to judge. You know, we, we kind of move from shiny and new to comfortable to we get kind of quick to judge to take inventory of the ways that, you know, we've given and haven't received. You know, I've been giving, but I'm not receiving. We haven't had our needs met. And we can find that we're, we're just kind of, we're not that happy anymore with that person, you know. And many relationships stall out there, right? Because here's the thing, is that space there, that familiarity, that comfortableness, where you start to see each other's ugly spots and start to, you know, Arnie's Army Man, all that stuff, um, 
we stall out there, but it's after that part there that we actually get into intimacy. The best parts. The best parts of a relationship happen after that middle part. And true intimacy, it fosters joy in our relationship. True intimacy fosters joy in our relationship. Our, our courtship phase, our dating phase, was awesome, you know, right? I mean, well, anyway. Uh, <laughs> but there was a lot, I mean, like, like when, we, when we first started dating, I'll never forget, we had only been dating a few weeks, and I was taking a trip to Wisconsin. I met her in Denver. So I went out to Denver to go to school. I met her there, and she wore a sweatshirt, almost kind of like Brittany's wearing. That's more of a sweater, but she's wearing like a, like a gray crew neck sweatshirt, like, almost like you, you, you would see like the guys in the 50s wearing to the gym, you know? And uh, like, yeah. And I remember when I left for Wisconsin, she let me take her sweatshirt with her, right? With me. And I remember going to Wisconsin, and every once in a while, I'd take that sweatshirt and smell it, because it smelled just like her. And it was in that phase, you know. Now, she can go to Haiti, or I can go to Ireland, and neither of us aren't taking any article of clothing <laughs> from the other person. We don't care what they smell like, because we just smell like each other now. But, yeah, you know. one smell. Right, we have, we have our own, you know, blended smell. But uh, we... You know, that, that part of our relationship was awesome. It was great. But what we have now is even better, is what I'm trying to say, right? And so, first thing is this. Did you want to say something? Because you keep going, <gasps> like you're going to say something, and then, and then I, I thought, yeah, um, no. you're good. You're going to talk about how you kept my shirt with you? Or? I did. Uh, I don't remember that. But, uh, so how do we get from familiarity to true intimacy? I drove you to the airport. You did drive me to the airport, yeah. So the first thing is this, and this is so important, right? If we're going to get to that place of intimacy, if we're going to get to that place of, of true relationship, uh, we have to be committed. You have to commit to walking through the difficult middle together. And, and in coaching, we call it the murky middle. You know, it's that middle experience that you, that you have. You start a business, you're all excited about starting a business, but in order to get from that excitement starting a business to actually succeeding in that business, you have to go through the murky middle. You have to go through the difficult middle, all the times where you're not excited about it and you have all sorts of problems. And the same thing is, is with uh, physical. If, you're, if, you're, if you want to work out, if you want to get fit, you know, there's a point from you're really excited when you first get started and you're actually seeing results. There's a point in the middle where you've got to keep doing it when you don't feel like it and you're tired, right? And relationships are the same way. You have that beginning part, you're really excited, and then you have that, that deep intimacy part where, you know, this is going to go on for the rest of our lives, but there's that part in the middle, that difficult, murky middle. This is the part where you don't always find each other attractive. Um, this is the part where you find that you had less in common than you thought. All right? This is the part where you may even question... If in marriage, if you married the right person, did I marry the right person? I thought I did, but they've changed, right? And, you know, truth be told, they, maybe they changed, but so did you. You know, you both have changed. Um, yeah, we got married at 19 and 21, so we have changed yes. quite a bit. She's not the same person that I married, No. and I'm not the same no, person she married. Not at all. Uh, but if you commit to understanding each other, 
if you in a marriage relationship, if you if you just say, you know what, divorce isn't an option, you know. Um, and, I mean, we we commit. We say we're not going to divorce, uh, you know. And I, I'll kill you first. <laughs> um, that being heard and being understood, right? That that being heard and understood. Those things take second place to forgiveness and unity, right? Because a lot of times, what is it? When we get in a conflict, in a relationship, we want to be heard, we want to be understood. And that's okay, and that's valid, right? But, but forgiveness and unity should take precedence over being heard and understood, right? And if you allow it to, then you will begin to hear and understand the other person. You automatically give them what they're looking for, what they need, by, you know, your goal being forgiveness and unity, right? Um, And if you're not married and you're in a romantic relationship or in friendships, you have to decide what your deal breakers are, right? Because if you distance yourself every time there's a difficult season or things aren't going the way that you would like for them to then you're going to find yourself alone a lot of the time. And of course, we have to have, there are certain things where there's got to be boundaries in relationships, right? But at the same time, if every time something goes wrong, you know, you do like play a Wendy and you cut and run, you're not going to grow and you're not going to um, walk through that together and come into intimacy. You're just going to give up. Let me... Pause. I want, to parent, I want to add a parenthesis to that. So we have some single people here. And uh, Vince, you're over there laughing. He's like, I'm the greatest single person of all. Um, <laughs> I'm a professional at being single. Uh, you know, we have some single people here. Uh, and so for those of you who are single and you're looking to get married, I need to just say parenthetically, but also very importantly, find somebody who shares your faith. If you uh, are wanting to date or connect or marry somebody who isn't walking with the Lord, you have already got one foot in divorce court. Um, if, If it were not for our common relationship with Jesus... We wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be, staying, we wouldn't be sitting here. I can say that 110%. Okay? That part alone, when you share your faith, when you are both pursuing God, and I'm not talking about just somebody who goes to church on Sundays. Okay? That's not what I'm saying. I'm not talking about somebody that you were able to drag to church a couple times and they said, I'm a Christian. I'm talking about somebody who, who loves Jesus who is committed to growing in their relationship with God. And so uh, that's so important. I, I can't tell you, that will, uh, wow. That... It's, it's the foundation. Yes, so yes. In those times when we were maybe thinking, did I marry the right person? Is this going to work? Are we going to make it? If not for the Lord. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, if not for knowing, me knowing that he was seeking God and that he was spending time with God, there's an element of safety to that where I go, okay, if he's truly listening to God, then I'm okay. I'm safe. Yeah. And, and, and vice versa. If I'm listening to God, then he's safe. So if we have that 
foundation, then we know that we can get through pretty much anything. Yeah. I yeah. have made, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's anything. It. That's my parenthetical right <laughs> That's there. That's parenthetical. Connect with somebody who shares your faith, who loves Jesus. It's so, 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 so important. And uh, that, you, that can be the sermon today, right there. You know, <laughs> connect with somebody who just loves Jesus and... and uh, you, you have a much greater chance of staying together. The, the couple that stays together or that prays together has a 1,500% chance, a greater chance of staying together. Well, think about that. If the average divorce rate, 50-50, right? Half of all people. And you know, now it's almost that in the it's church in, it, as it's, well. Yeah, it's just maybe a fraction more of that in the church. You know, So if one out of two people get divorced, but one out of 1,500 people get divorced if they pray together... Who wouldn't want that, right? Okay, go on. Sorry. Thank you for letting me add that. You're welcome. Go ahead. Um, okay, so we want to com commit to walking through difficult middle together. Um, next, we want to refuse to be judgmental. That's like the, the scripture said, do not judge, right? So one of the worst things you can do to someone who loves you is accuse them of thinking something. We don't know. I don't know what's going on in here. I have. No I don't idea. know what's going on. <laughs> There's monkeys dancing and yes, we don't know. It's weird. But I mean, one of that's one of the worst things we could do is project what we think yes. they're thinking. So you just think I'm stupid. Yeah. Oh yeah. When you make a statement like that, you think I'm, or you just think I'm. Oh, that's such or a. Horrible you don't thing. even care about me. You don't care. Yeah. All of a sudden, when someone says that to you, what do you automatically do? You get defensive, right? You're on the defense. All of a sudden, you're defending yourself rather than seeking unity, seeking forgiveness, seeking how can we make, how can we talk this out? Instead, we're just projecting. Those are judgmental, mind-reading statements, mm -hmm. right? And they're, they're childish. And they're damaging to any relationship. We have all done them. So I'm not saying, you know, we're... We do it, and we're not perfect. But any time that I begin to think, he just doesn't care, I have to go wait. Like Brandon said last week, put your thoughts on trial, <laughs> right? What evidence do I have for that? Maybe, like he was saying, he's just busy. He didn't notice. Maybe I just need to open my mouth and tell him what's going on, mm -hmm. right? Because if I did, he would care. So we have to, in order to um, not judge the other person, we have to begin to believe the best about them. I have to believe. If he says he loves me, I need to believe that that's true. And if he says he cares, I need to believe that that's true. So no matter what I might think I'm seeing, I have to tell myself, nope, he cares about me. So uh, we need to have a conversation because I'm feeling something different. But that's probably not true, right? Yeah. Sometimes it's just insecurity. If you, if you tend to bend towards insecurity, then you already kind of have that bend where you think that people don't like you or you're not accepted or whatever. And we bring those, those, that sort of insecurity into our relationships. And insecurity in a relationship, it's, it's poisonous. Insecurity is poisonous in a relationship. Uh, whereas, you know, sec security, when you have a sense of security and you're just like, um, you know, I, I know that she loves me, I would rather be uh, surprised 
by something bad. I know this is going to sound awful, and I know this will never happen. I would rather be surprised that she was unfaithful to me than spend 30 years wondering if she was. Right? You know what I'm saying? And so I, I, I know that she won't be. I know that she isn't because I keep a tracker on her at all times. <laughs> and I know that that will never happen. But, um, but here's the thing is, we judge what we don't understand. We don't understand why somebody is behaving that way. So we judge it. We don't understand why they didn't stroke me just right or meet my needs or talk to me this way. They will understand why they walked past us without saying anything. We don't understand why we weren't checked up on when we were going through a hard time. We don't understand, right? And so we judge what we don't understand. And instead of judging, what we need to do is seek understanding, is to ask clarifying questions. You know, when I, when I came home, uh, you, didn't, you didn't get up to greet me. What, you know, was, was something going, yeah, we have this thing. We have a rule in our house is the person who's home has to greet the person who came home, right? And we extend that rule to all sorts of weird places. If she's at the church and I come to the church later, then she has to come greet me. So, uh, but, you know, uh, you, I didn't, you didn't greet me when I came home. Uh, you know, instead of just going, she doesn't even care. And she doesn't even care that that's meaningful to me, that she greets me. You know, instead, it'd be better if I just sought some clarity. Gave her the benefit of the doubt. Maybe she was on the phone. Maybe she was answering an email. Maybe she was in prayer. I don't know. Maybe she wasn't feeling good. And I, I need to go over by her and help her out. Right? Ask clarifying questions. Seek understanding. If you're sitting here and you're feeling judged this morning, you're probably a judgmental person. Right? Uh, it's funny because the people that I know who are always sort of making that thing, making, you know, that's their cry. I got, they, got, they judged me over there. They're always judging. I always feel like I'm being judged. Like the people who say those words typically are very judgmental people. And so, uh, you know, it, it actually kind of goes both ways. You're, you know, you might be a judgmental person because here's the thing is you're assuming that the other person is judging you. So what is assumption? Judgment, right? Right? You're assuming that the other person is judging you, which is very judgmental. Yeah, like how many times have you texted your friend and they, they normally text you back right away and then for, you know, they don't one time and you're like, all sorts of things start going through your head, right? And that's when you have to go, stop it, <laughs> right? The they're story that I'm me. telling myself is that uh, they're mad at me. Or the last text I sent, they thought w they didn't like it. They didn't understand me. Or, you know what I mean? We, we start to, all sorts of things start to go through our head. Instead, we need to think, well, maybe their phone died. Maybe they're not by their phone. Right? Maybe they're in a meeting. Maybe they're in an appointment. I mean, we don't know. And so we need to give people the benefit of the doubt and check ourselves and check our stories before we allow our imagination to run wild. Because nine times out of ten, we're wrong, right? Yeah. Or just ask a clarifying question. Are you upset with me? It's that simple, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that sort of like, those, when we make those assumptions, uh, it can be really, you know, it can be really toxic to a relationship, is, is making assumptions. And, you know, we all know what happens when we assume. Right? Mm-hmm. When you assume you make a donkey out of you, not of me, right? So, 
Uh, assumption is a, uh, a dangerous game. Refuse. Refuse in your relationships. Just refuse to be judgmental. And let me just add to that um, real quick. Um, within the church, refuse to believe that that person over there doesn't like you. Or that, you know what I'm saying? Let's, let's yeah. not listen to those stories that we tell ourselves either because, um, and make assumptions. And, and just selfishly, I ask that you don't do that of us, you know, assume that we're thinking something or doing something. We're human beings and we make mistakes and we do stupid things and we might hurt your feelings. So we would rather you just come tell us <laughs> or come and ask a clarifying question. What did you mean when you said, I, I just really want to understand that? Because we've had that happen before. Actually have had people come to us and say, we're leaving the church because you said this, this, this. And we said, oh, okay, here's, you know, and they've said, well, what did you mean by that? And we explain and they're like, oh, well, we thought you meant this. But by that time, the damage had been done. Do you know what I'm saying? If And so... With each other and with us, just ask the clarifying question. What did you mean when you said? Can I get some clarification on that? We're happy to provide. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some people, I think that, you know, the, just circumstances in their life or the way that they grew up, they, they take that sort of high school dynamic. Oh, those are the popular kids. And oh, the, that's the, those are the cliques. And, the, and they kind of take those high school dynamics and they bring them into their adult relationships. And so what they'll do is they'll bring it into a church. They'll go into the church. They'll go, oh, there's the popular people over there. Or I don't belong. Or I don't have a, I, you know, I can't get in with that crowd. And it's like, well, you know, this isn't high school. And yes, you can go talk to those people. Yes, there's actually a whole book written about it about 20 years ago called Just Walk Across the Room <laughs> is, is the title. Walk across the room. Sometimes that's just what we need to do, can overcome our insecurity, go walk across the room and find out, oh, those really are cool people. And I was judging them. And so, uh, so the next thing is, is uh, we have to move through these next things quickly. Next thing is, is be generous with forgiveness. We talk about generosity in relationship. Generosity uh, causes the relationship to flourish. Well, be generous with forgiveness. Um, especially in a, in a marriage relationship, listen, you're going to probably go through seasons where you forgive something every day. Every day. Just get good at forgiving people. Just get good at it, right? Uh, in true friendship, forgiveness may not be easy to give, but should be easy to get, right? And so... Don't make the other person have to grovel or to beg or to pay for it, right? If they're asking for forgiveness, and they should, then start moving in that direction. So that doesn't, that doesn't mean that you, you shouldn't hurt, and that doesn't mean that you should let yourself become a martyr or be, you know, just consistently uh, abused, right? Uh, or, or resentment. So you don't want to foster resentment either. Because yeah, refusing to forgive is usually rooted in fear because we have that um, fear of losing the, our control or our power in the relationship, so to speak. If we forgive, we make ourselves vulnerable again, yeah. right? And we, th we think that the relationship is about having hand. Yeah. I got no hand in this relationship, <laughs> right? But that's not what it's about. Ephesians tells us to bear with one another and forgive as the Lord forgave us. To bear with one another, <laughs> So that means 
that you know we are going to have to deal with some stuff that other people do but when we do this what we're doing is trusting God to protect us not looking to the other person and we're relinquishing that control that we feel like we need to have in the relationship we're relinquishing it to God and allowing him to hold us up so when we because when we give that forgiveness when I tell him if he's done something that hurts me and I tell him yes I forgive you I feel vulnerable again I'm vul I, and you are. You're vulnerable to hurt again. But God has to be the one to hold you, right? And, and then also be humble enough to ask for forgiveness. Not just mumbling, I'm sorry, but asking for forgiveness. I'm sorry. <laughs> that always works great, yeah, by the way. If you're I'm sorry you asking were Asking for forgiveness, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry you didn't like that. I'm sorry you're such a baby. <laughs> He's never said that. Never said that. <laughs> I haven't. I haven't. I don't think. Um, so, but, right? <laughs> Not out loud. Asking forgiveness is extremely humbling, um, but it, it's an extremely difficult thing to do, but it also communicates love and understanding. Yeah. It communicates to that person, I hear you and I understand you. And that's what they need, right? So when tempted to say, well, you shouldn't feel that way. Works every time <laughs> if you want to sleep on the couch. Because when it comes to your attention that you've hurt someone, just it doesn't matter whether you think they should have been hurt by that or not. They were. Yeah. They were hurt That's by real. that. So whether, and, and sometimes we think to ourselves, well, if they did it to me, I wouldn't be upset. Well, that's you, right? What you, what you did to them is hurting them, so make it right, right? That's, so remember, because we have to refuse to be judgmental. So if we're saying you shouldn't feel that way, that's a judgment, that they should not feel a certain way. Well, don't judge. Just, yeah. just like we don't judge our own feelings, we just go, oh, there they are, and, and we deal with them, and we need to have the, the humility to do that for someone else. Yeah. yeah, the interesting thing about that is we, remember how we talked a few weeks ago that we tend to use where we are as the standard for everyone, where everybody should be, right? Like, you know, we think that if this is where I am spiritually or this is where I am, whatever, and so therefore everybody else should be that way. And so we, we tend to judge people who, aren't, who don't respond to things the way that you do, who don't, you know, uh, you know, have certain disciplines that you do or aren't where you are, and we tend to judge them. And that's just such a... A dangerous place to be. We have to have, we have to understand that we didn't. There, you know, it's not like in life and in our walk with God. There was a big white line right there, and we all crossed it at the same time, and we all are at the same place, walking arm in arm. Everybody is at a different place, and I, I even, you know, what's interesting is I, I make a gesture like this, as if you know one place is higher and more esteemed than the other. If you think that your place is more high or esteemed than the other, then you're probably actually somewhere down here, right? Because that, that shows a lot of pride, and pride is bad, and pride keeps us from growing, okay? And so uh, we have to understand we're not all in the same place. Somebody's going to feel something that you're going to feel is silly that they feel that way. Somebody's going to respond to something in a way or be hurt by something that you think is silly, and uh, you're just going to have to understand it's very real to them. And you're telling them that they shouldn't feel that way is not helping them grow to a place where they don't feel that way. 
Okay? Telling somebody you shouldn't feel that way, you shouldn't be upset, you shouldn't be hurt by that, is not helping them grow. That just makes more hurt. Yeah, it just, it just makes more hurt. And so, uh, you know, it's funny because the Holy Spirit is so incredibly patient with each one of us. And he is so willing to walk with us hand in hand through every circumstance, no matter where we are in life. The Holy Spirit is there. The Holy Spirit is the consummate gentleman, gentle, uh, gentle spirit, helping us, urging us, always urging us on, but never beating us up. And so, um, you know, keep that in mind. Anyway, last thing, last thing is this. Uh, be generous with your blessings in relationships. Just be generous with your blessings. Proverbs 11, 24 and 25 says, Give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. Right? Kind of sounds like our main point. Right? Be, be, uh, be, uh, give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Refresh each other. If you know your spouse's love language, speak it. Right? If you're thinking, thank you. If you're thinking about them, if you're thinking about them throughout the day, let them know. Right? In relationships, you don't get points for thoughts and intentions. In relationships, you don't get points. You don't. You don't. It's not like hey, when when they're when they're upset and they go, you know, I don't understand. I've been speaking your love language all week, but I feel like I don't even exist. You don't get points for going. I've been thinking about you. I've been thinking about you. Because thoughts and intentions don't matter. It's our actions. Okay? And so, if you know your love, as far as his love language, speak it. Even if it's not your love language, just speak it. Uh, if things aren't going well, ask yourself, how can I make them even better? Right? If they are going well. If things are going well, ask yourselves, how can I make them even better? Because a lot of times, what do we do? We relax when things are going well. Instead of going, how can I... How can I Add another log to this fire. How can I pour some gasoline on this thing? This thing is going awesome. How can I make it even better? Right? So if it's going well, ask how can I make it better? Kind words, gestures, they matter. Be generous with compliments. Be generous with helping. How many wives here? Married women? Would love a little help? Help? I didn't even finish the question. Lori was like... (laughs) Right? Yeah. I mean... Sometimes just just helping. Uh, I'm never more attractive to her than when I'm like washing dishes. Suddenly I'm like a stud, right? I'm washing dishes, I'm folding clothes, and I'm like irresistible, right? (laughs) He caulked the tub last week. I did caulk the tub. (laughs) And that is not a euphemism. Yes. Uh, Are you done? I'm done. Go ahead. Because uh, it will determine the amount you get back. Doesn't scripture say it determines that the, what we give determines the amount we get back, right? Yes. Yes. Sorry, go ahead. So we have a tendency to look to other people to meet needs that only God can meet. And, and like we were talking about earlier, the expectations. So if we are concentrating on being generous with blessing, if we're looking for ways to bless the other person, we're not thinking as much about what they're not doing for us. We're not thinking as much about what we're not getting. And we get into those 
into those ruts in our thinking. If I start thinking about all the ways that, for lack of a better way to say it, because this isn't accurate, but if I start thinking about all the ways he's disappointing me, that's where my mind continues to go. But if I start thinking about how can I, what can I do for him? What can I do to bless him? And then I start to get, you know, when you anticipate doing something nice for someone and you kind of get excited about it and then you do it and they really appreciate it and then you want to do more and you want to do more. And then you just get stuck in that rut, which is a much better rut to be in, right? Because it um, grows the relationship and then we find that our needs are getting met somehow. And it doesn't happen overnight. No. We think we do, you know, I wash the dishes and she wouldn't even look at me. We tend to think, oh, I, I, I spoke their love language for a day or two, and, it, and the world didn't change. But if you haven't washed the dishes in five years of marriage, and you did it one time, like, she should be happy. I finally washed the yeah. dishes. No, it doesn't work that way. She's <laughs> just going to think you're drunk. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to wonder, is this going to keep going or what? Let's see. What's, what does he want is probably the first thing she's thinking. <laughs> what did yes, he buy? What did he buy? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. so... We truly have to put the other person in God's hands and concentrate on our own actions in the relationship because relationships take work. And time. And time. But that, that intimacy that you can achieve is worth it. It is worth the work. It is worth the time that you put in. Yeah. It's only when you're committed. These are things that, I, these are not hacks. These are not one weird trick. These are not things that you do once. Or twice. These are things that you do over the span of years, and they begin to bear fruit. Okay, that's because they you do them long enough until they become who you are, not you know something that you're doing in order to get a result. And so, I encourage you to keep up, to commit to them. All right, commit to be generous in your blessing. Commit to being generous in forgiveness. Commit to walking through the murky middle together. You know, commit to refusing to judge. And so. Uh, you know, that's what you do as a commitment long term. And so what we're going to do is, because it's late, we're going to skip the last song. So worship team, you just take a breath. Um, but I would love it if, if Wendy and I could just take three minutes to pray a blessing over your relationship if you want that. So if you're here today and say, yeah, I'd like a blessing over my relationships. I just want you to speak a blessing over my relationships. I just want you to say a prayer. Wendy and I are just going to say a quick prayer for you. And, uh, and then we'll dismiss. So if that's you, if you're like, hey, yes, whatever, it doesn't matter if it's a work relationship, church relationship, marriage, whatever. Just if you would like us just to pray a blessing over it, just stand up and we're going to pray for you. Okay? All right. So um, we're going to stand too. All the husbands are like, is my wife standing? Okay, I'll stand up. Yes. <laughs> we're, sta- we're standing. We're standing. We're standing too. So um, I'm going to pray, and then Wendy's going to pray for you. All right? (sighs) Holy Spirit, come. Lord, we know how important relationships are to you because you paid the ultimate price to have a restored relationship with us. So we know how incredibly important relationships are to you. And God, I pray for every, um, every person standing in this room. I pray, especially for our men who are wanting greater relationships. 
who are wanting to um, strengthen this area in their lives, I ask God that you would fill them with your grace. I pray, God, that um, you would help us to keep our emotions in check in our relationships. And, God, that uh, you would help us to um, just not judge. God, to be selfless. Lord, I pray for our relationships with our church, God. That we would love the church the way that you do. Because we know that you love the church. Church is your bride. That's how much you love the church. You call it your bride. So I ask God that you would help us men here to love the church the way that you love the church. Lord, we know what an impact it has on our communities, on our cities, when men love the church. So God, help us to lead the way that way. And Lord, I pray that our men, God, would love... um, God, their wives, those who are married here, that they would love their wives like you love the church, just like your word says, God. We love our wives the way that you love the church, with devotion and commitment. God, that we would just want to see our wives flourish and grow and walk in the things that you have for them. Lord, bring peace to our relationships now. Bring unity to our relationships now. In Jesus' name. And Lord, I, I pray for the women here this morning. And Lord, that you would give them, give us all grace mm-hmm. as well. Father, to be the kind of um, women that you're calling us to be. To walk in relationships, in our friendships. Lord, help us to cheer one another on. To be our... Um, each other's biggest cheerleaders, Lord, to not be competitive, but to um, to just really um, lift one another up. And Lord, um, in our marriages and in our dating relationships, Lord, that we could have courage to um, to trust you with our hearts, to give our hearts to you, to get let you be the ruler of our hearts so that we can love well. Father, that we wouldn't try to control or manipulate or, um, or even to give in and, and, and to insecurity or things that um, maybe you don't want us to have to live with. But God, that we would listen to you, that we would walk in your freedom and in your leading in our relationships. And Lord, that we would love well. God, help us to be good examples to our children, all of us, be good examples to our children of what it is to to forgive, to be generous with forgiveness and blessing, and to love others without judgment the way that you do. Father, uh, thank you for the way that, um, that you're changing us, that you're leading us, that you're transforming us. God, I pray that we leave today um, just just chewing on the words that you've given us and the things that you might want us to do and change. And I pray that each one of us would go today and find somebody to be a blessing to. Mm-hmm. God, that we would just be generous with our blessings and that you would be honored and glorified in our relationships, Lord. 
And we ask it all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.